0: Tonight, on the Midnight Train podcast, we discuss the one and only legendary H.P. Lovecraft. Searching the internet for Hewlett Packard's sex machine now. No Alexa. Not the computer brand merged with a sex toy. Not Hewlett Packard. Calling Hewlett Packard support now. Please hold for connection.
1: Thank you for calling Hewlett Packard Support. My name is Michael. I will need the full UPC code or serial number located on your Hewlett Packard tower, Sir, I am please.
0: sorry. There was a misunderstanding with my Alexa unit, it seems.
1: Ah, yes, I see. Have you tried restarting your system? Unplug the power pack for 10 seconds and then plug it back in and see if it fires up right away. I do
0: not need Hewlett-Packard support at this time, thanks.
1: Uh, please be advise that many multiple YouTube videos contain Trojan viruses and encryption codes that will interfere and disconnect your connection and ultimately sacrifice your banking account numbers.
0: Sir, I don't think you understand. Sir, I will
1: ask that you be patient with me. We will please try restarting the Windows 10 computer first. Then we will unplug the power pack for 10 seconds. Please wait a maximum of 10 seconds before plugging the machine back in and turning the power button to I am on. not having
0: a Windows computer issue.
1: Sir, all Hewlett Packard computers come standard with Windows 10 operating system. We have to restart the computer and unplug it for 10 seconds for it to work.
0: No, my Alexa unit mistakenly translated something I said out loud and ended up calling you.
1: Sir, I have to advise you we do not diagnose nor fix Alexa units, only Hewlett-Packard computers. Now is there an issue I can help you with with your Hewlett-Packard computer?
0: God, if you are real, please kill me. Please short out my motherboard and let me die Sir, now. I'm
1: understanding you correctly, you are saying there is an issue with your motherboard. Have you tried restarting the computer and unplugging it from the wall for 10 seconds before powering it on again? Oh fuck it. All aboard.
0: Searching
2: the internet for all aboard now. I found the Midnight Train podcast, streaming episode HP Lavacraft now. Hello, passengers. Welcome to the Midnight Train podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Sorry. <laughs> So, just to let you guys know, before we even get into this, of course, I am your host, the conductor of The Cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, And uh, <laughs> we had some technical issues today, and we had the entire thing recorded, but we lost it. So, right now, I have Jeff on the line. Jeff, are you on there? Hello, have you restarted Windows 10? <laughs> so, there's Jeff. He's on there right now. How you doing, buddy? Uh, this is actually
3: better. I'm, I'm in a recliner. I'm in my PJs. I'm sitting in a dark living room with the heat on. Just reading the notes as you go and
2: chiming in. <laughs> in. <laughs> and, of course, I would say producing this illustrious show, but he just got out of the shower and is probably getting dressed right now. Riley, are you there?
3: Yeah, I got one pant leg on. <laughs> hey, put the flashlight out.
2: <laughs> this is amazing. Mm-hmm. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately or fortunately depending on which way you look at it this is how we're going to be recording this show so uh you know we, we actually for had our today. for today for today for today yeah yeah so we we did have a, a our friend uh jason hager that was actually here and we lost the entire thing and we actually lost the drunken <laughs> review that we just did so that just means that we're gonna Don't have to
3: go have to do t- another one.
2: Oh no right we're gonna have to get together and we're gonna have to do another drunken review with moody and chainsaw so All right, so... Jason will be back. Right, he will be back. Hager will be back for sure. So, as most of you guys know, we're just a bunch of goofballs and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious, and we want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to this podcast right now. Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile, like this, like right now. (laughs) We were so, like, freaked out about how this was going to... You know, oh, my God, we lost everything, and it was like, you know what? Jeff came up with the idea, just fucking... Do it over the phone, and we'll do it over the phone. So that's what we're doing right now. Because,
3: listen, we know you guys are addicts, and we know that you have to. You binge this every week. You look forward to it, right? It makes your work day better. So we're like, we got to do it. No, no matter what it takes, if we got to phone it in, and Riley's got to be shaven, you know why we do this? So we're going to do it. <laughs> hey, hey, question real quick. How does, how does my audio sound? Do I sound good?
2: You sound beautiful, buddy.
3: Okay, because I've got headphones and I'm currently making dinner.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, all right. Hey, what are we
3: making? What are you making for dinner? Yeah, what's for dinner? Right now we got. uh, I got white rice and chicken. That oh, sounds pretty healthy. good. Eating healthy. That's yeah, healthy. Yeah, um, you guys hear some, no, some miscellaneous kitchen noises in the background? with me. <laughs> oh, by the way, if yeah, if you hear a dog bark, I apologize.
2: My dog is like right next to me. So. uh, this is the most amazing thing in the entire world right now to me.
3: Uh, I'm I'm actually thinking about firing up my Xbox and doing play some games <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna play some games while you guys are yelling, <laughs> so you can't stop me.
2: Well, just so you guys all know out there who are listening right now, your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. So, you know, turn down the lights, adjust your seats, grab a drink, and, you know, let's get spooky. Now, normally I would say, make, make some dinner. I would say, let's do a toast, but uh, since we're doing it this way, I'm just going to drink for everybody. All right.
3: There we go. Awesome. There you go. There you go. So
2: this goes to all you guys right here. Can you hear me do it real, real, real quick? Can you hear it?
3: Oh, wait, wait. I, I got music. You ready? Yeah, go. Perfect. Wait, listen. You guys ready? You want to hear me pour the rice? Here we go.
2: Pour the rice, Riley. Did you get that? I didn't hear shit. I didn't hear shit. Well, all right. I hear
3: a little bit of scratchy sounds, but that's about it.
2: All right. So, this is a very, very awkward and weird uh, episode but I'm actually loving it so far. And now tonight we are talking about motherfucking HP Lovecraft. And you know what? He probably would have, <laughs> he would have appreciated this just because. It's...
3: Yeah. Cause none of us are talking to each other. We could be in our room
2: below. <laughs> right. Cause he'd love to be alone. So let's take the train way the fuck back to August 20th, 1890 to Providence, Rhode Island, where Howard Phillips Lovecraft came bungee jumping out of his mother's womb. His mother, Sarah Susan, and his father, Winfield Scott, saw this shit and were like, uh, no more kids for us. So HP was an only child. His father worked at Gorham Manufacturing Company, which is one of the biggest manufacturers of sterling silver and silver plate, and was also a foundry for bronze sculptures and was a traveling salesman for the company. He ended up having a psychotic freakout at a hotel in in Chicago, and then, and then committed to the renowned Butler Hospital which is a uh, nonprofit psychiatric hospital in Rhode Island. Winfield was there for five years before passing away in 1898. HP always claimed that his father had died from being overworked and fell into a paralytic state. However, his death certificate says that he died from late-stage syphilis. So, where <laughs> where uh, your protection there, folks. <laughs> Jeff. Hey, hold, hold on a second.
3: Yeah. Hold on a second, Josh. Yeah. Mom, I'm doing
2: a podcast. Leave me alone.
3: I, you know what? Turkey sandwich is fine, okay? Jesus. Can I get some privacy? All right, sorry about that. Okay, what were you saying? Tell your mom I said hi.
2: No, she's making me a
3: sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> so HP's mother, Sarah Susan, came from money. All right, her father, Whipple Van Buren Phillips. Whipple Van Buren. All right, do it, Jeff. Whipple Van Buren Phillips. Today. so he was a take no shit businessman from uh providence So, so this is his this is hp's grandfather who had his hands in all kinds of shit including mining in idaho he introduced and emphasized the importance of classical literature and english poetry but also spoke of quote weird stories of winged warriors and he would imitate deep low moaning sounds when he told the tales, no one is really sure where he got the stories from, but I would guess that this is where or what stemmed HP's interest in writing this type of, uh, type of literature. You know, and thanks for the nightmares, Grandpa. You know, can you imagine your grandfather sitting around like... the hmm. yeah, creepy Grandpa told stories. He's like telling the story about... Come like... sit on
4: my lap, HP. <laughs>
2: he's like, hey, you... <laughs> he's going, oh, <"Home." laughs>
3: Let me tell you a story.
2: <laughs> like, Grandpa, you better go take your medicine before you die. So mom was a bit of a coddler after HP's father had passed away. And he is quoted as saying that she was, quote, permanently stricken with grief. She was later admitted to the same hospital as his father and suffering a nervous breakdown before the illness. She would claim that HP, quote, had a hideous face and that she had seen, quote, weird and fantastic creatures that rushed out from behind buildings and from corners at dark. (laughs) Yes. You
3: know, growing up. My mother was the only one that ever said I had a cute face. Now imagine that person also saying you're
2: ugly. Yeah, so basically that's what she said. She was like, you're fucking ugly. (laughs) Yeah,
3: a face not even a mother could love.
2: Yeah. So HP would send letters back and forth to his mother as well as short poems for holidays. On May 24th, 1921, she unexpectedly died from complications during a gallbladder operation, but we'll get to all that later, all right? So his mother's death has been contributed to HP snapping the fuck out of it. And of course, I'm paraphrasing that and he started traveling up until this point he was all kinds of fucked up and for good reason in 1896 his grandmother robbie passed away and he took it extremely hard he is quoted as saying that the passing of his grandmother sent his family into quote a gloom from which it never fully recovered so now at five and a half years old he was petrified of his aunt and mother wearing black morning dresses and he started having nightmares and ended up in his later writings See, I told you, fucking grandpa, you know what I mean? Grandpa fucked that kid up, dude. Well,
1: I'm mean, Being
3: surrounded by death at such a young age probably freaked him out, you know?
2: Right, well, I mean, he, he kind of had to adapt to it at that age, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he claimed to have had nightmares of, quote, night gaunts, which would, quote, whirl me through space at a sickening rate of speed, the while fretting and impelling me with detestable tridents... <laughs> These night gaunts would wind up in his writing some 30 years later. So it started off pretty young. like five and a half years old. He's already talking about night gaunts and shit. HP started writing I, it. I wonder, I wonder what his grandpa did to him, you know? I think there's more to the story of this. <laughs> his grandpa had a lot to do with fucking him up, man, because he's all, all kinds of twisted. Yeah,
3: Yeah. Whipple whipped it out, you
2: know what I'm saying? Aw. Whoa! <laughs> Listen, listen. Whoa. Just because you're on a phone in
3: the kitchen making chicken rice doesn't mean you can blame the grandpa for that stuff. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, there's no proof saying he didn't.
2: Well, you're right. He is true. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. There's no proof that that didn't happen. But let's hope it didn't, (laughs) because... H.P. started writing at an early age. At age seven, uh, he began writing poems based around mythological stories and legends. He was obsessed with Roman gods and began worshipping them and shying away from Christianity... If, it was, if he wasn't fucked up enough as a kid At five he was told that Santa Claus didn't exist And went on a four day whiskey bender Sleeping with a number of prostitutes Okay that really didn't happen But how awesome would that have been if it really didn't happen You know what I mean a little five year old That's a
3: legendary seven
2: year old <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean I feel, I
3: feel like that's a pretty Pretty good reaction to the whole family That's how I'd cope with it
2: too Right of course you know if that happened you'd be out there like Smoking cigarettes and just you know With a five year old wiener you know Okay no Hang it all. <laughs> Gave your top gun, leather jacket. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my horror jacket.
2: That's right. Yeah, boy. So actually, what he did ask, he asked why God is not equally a myth. So at five years old, he was saying, okay, if Santa Claus is not real, why is God? So at eight years old, he began... Uh, sorry, go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say, honestly, that's really good logic. Like for a five-year-old to be like throwing out like logical questions like that he's obviously a pretty
2: smart guy right of course i mean and that's the thing about him he was like he was a fucking genius you know so at eight years old well that's a whiskey and whiskey and prostitutes that's what it does it teaches you a lot <laughs> it, makes oh, you, my rice is done. it makes you grow up real quick and we heard your rice being done riley that's pretty awesome
3: oh, fantastic.
2: riley's rice and chicken that's fucking hilarious so at eight years old he began getting into astronomy and chemistry and at this time he also began reading books on anatomy he read about the birds and the bees and what happens when mommy loves daddy and it fucked him up even more in fact he's quoted as saying quote it virtually killed my interest in the subject meaning he had no interest in doing the hibbity dibbity you know the horizontal mambo uh rubbing fuzzies you know get it you know fucking all right he wasn't into fucking all right is that plain it up for you guys well, he was yeah. seven years old. I mean, come on. But I mean, in the future, like he just wasn't into it. Like he's just—you'll find out. You'll find out more. You'll find out about.
3: Yeah, I think
2: retroactively, he said it ruined it when he was a kid. Right. 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 Is Rush. this like deja vu to anybody? <laughs> no, I have never
3: heard it
2: before. <laughs> <laughs> so astronomy seemed to be more interesting to him than taking the pigskin bus to Tuna Town. Okay, I promise it's the last one. I promise. I promise. No more. No more of those little anecdotes. Tuna Town. Tuna Town. Say it. Say it, Jeff.
3: Yeah, Jeff, say it. like, <laughs> so I was with this girl the other night, and she says, hey, why don't you take a ride at Tuna Town?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he dove headfirst into astronomy and started producing the Rhode Island Journal of Astronomy in 1902 at 12 years old. My 12-year-old literally just watches YouTube videos and wants Starbucks all the time, so this guy is definitely advanced for his age. This journal used the hectograph technique, technique, which I had no clue about. It's rarely used form of printing, and to be honest, I'd like to get into it with you guys, but it's really fucking long and just (laughs) it's fucking. There's a lot of shit that goes into it. It's a complicated
3: spirogyra. Remember those things you had in the eighties where (laughs) you had like all the little gears? You put the pen in it and draw, and you make these like ink blot drawings. That's basically what it was. It's basically. The episode that we lost, he read like five to ten minutes of description just for us to know What does that mean?
2: And yeah, all of us knew. Yeah, yeah. It was basically just a bunch of meandering and 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 whatnot. It's basically like taking um, no, no. Uh, um, what is it called? Silly putty and putting it on a newspaper is basically the concept. Yeah. So oh, remember
3: that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much.
2: That's what it is. Yeah. Don't, that's right.
3: Yeah. Don't think of this episode as as it being lost. Think of it as it being remastered. That's right. Oh, we're re-
2: remastering it. That's what we're doing. Right. I love it. Hey, am I like... am I loud? Am I talking really
3: loud? No.
4: Well,
3: because I have like these noise canceling oh. earbuds in, and I feel like I'm screaming because every time I talk, my dog looks at me like she's ready to jump through the
2: wall. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good, brother. <laughs> I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm sitting in my living room screaming. <laughs> no, you're good. Totally. At least as far as I all can right, tell. All right. So his elementary school. Hey, his elementary school years were a bit all over the place. He was in and out of school and often had a uh, shit ton of tutors to make up for missing school due to being sick. What he was sick with isn't clear. Maybe too many of those whiskey benders and prostitutes, like Jeff said, you know, because, you know, um, however, oh, his yeah. <laughs> his fellow classmates say that he was rather withdrawn. But the second you mentioned an interest in astronomy, he'd invite you or just about anybody to check out his prized telescope. He named the horsecock of Zeus. And that could be true, because you guys don't know. You guys have no idea. So, right before he started high school, the family had yet another (laughs) blow when a business venture of his grandfather's went sour, and they pretty much lost everything. Then, his grandfather fucking dies from a fucking stroke, forcing the family to move into a tiny-ass duplex, causing HP to spiral into depression, where he was quoted as saying that it was one of the darkest times in his life and that, quote, he saw no point in living anymore. You know, that's when he sat in his room and just listened to Morrissey the entire time. And the cure. <laughs> Sorry, that was Riley's. Joke. Yeah, I, like like the
3: fact, Go
2: ahead, I like the fact that like his
3: telescope like, his mom's like What are you doing, HP? He's like, Well, I'm looking at the big Dipper through my horse
2: cock. <laughs> that's right. It's the horse cock of Zeus bitch. It's really not the name of it. I mean it might have been, but I, I just named it that myself because I thought, well, that's what it should be called, right? I mean, the horse cockazoos. I that's it's what, pretty funny. I'm gonna I like it. this. You're
3: saying the horse cockadoo?
2: No, not cock anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily uh, after a few near mental breakdowns in high school, he decided to sack the fuck up and move the fuck on, saying that he actually enjoyed high school and had a close circle jerk of friends. I mean, circle of friends, sorry. Sorry, not circle jerk. That was my bad. He even started his journal backup and began producing a chemistry-focused gazette called the Scientific Gazette. He also set in motion his writing style that we will all eventually know and love, like The Beast in the Cave and The Alchemist, all before graduating fucking high school. I mean, hot damn! Can we get a choo-choo motherfucker for this guy? How about, uh, <laughs> how about the word gazette? Gazette! <laughs>
3: Today! That's like... <laughs> We need to bring that word back. Can oh, we, instead of naming them episodes, could they be the Midnight Train Gazette?
2: I feel like it has to be written at that point, right? Well, I guess. The <laughs> answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, he wound up having a pretty severe mental breakdown himself, according to his later recounts, due to the stress of high school. And I'm just spitballing here, but probably because of all of the fucking shit he put on his plate. I mean, like he's not even out of high school yet and he's doing all this shit. So, of course, he's stressed the fuck out. You know what I mean? He even said, oh, yeah. I was I was an M prey to intense headaches, insomnia, and general nervous weakness, which prevents my continuous application to anything. Unquote, by the way. In, is it end quote or unquote?
3: <laughs>
2: end quote. They both work, I believe. Okay, cool. So, whatever. Fuck you. Although he constantly said that he would be attending Brown University after graduating, he dropped out of high school and never went back. While in high school, his classmates would note that he had, quote, terrible tics, and sometimes he would, quote, he'd be sitting in his seat and he'd suddenly up and jump. <laughs> Wee! In the middle of class, just fucking jumping the fuck up out of nowhere, stirring the fuck out of yeah, people. Yeah, like
3: imagine sitting next to that guy.
2: Yeah, you're right. Hey, buddy, calm the fuck down. Uh, a psychologist yeah. claimed that HP more than likely had Seidenhem's Korea, which I've never heard of. And it's historically referred to as St. Vitus's Dance. And it it basically, it just means you have, yeah, you've got nervous tics and you just jump all over the place and your body just moves and shit. And again, in the past, in the episode we lost, I went through this, like, really meandering thing like before. But we're not going to do that because I don't want to bore anybody and I really don't want to read all that. So... <laughs> So the same psychologist said that HP's severe breakdown that made him decide to drop out of school was caused by a high steroid seizure, a term that today means atypical depression. Lovecraft even mentioned that he could, quote, hardly bear to see or speak to anyone. I like to shut out the world by pulling down dark shades and using artificial light, end quote. And listening to the cure. Right. Bing, 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 ding In regards to the 1908 breakdown. Um, he was only 18 years of age. So he's 18 years old, having fucking nervous breakdowns, pulling down shades and slicing his freaking toes and shit. I don't know about toes. So he's like he's like the goth emo OG, right? It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like this dude was like, like he, he, he's goth as fuck. Like, Even though if you look at his pictures. He's the godfather of goth and emo, right? <laughs> right. He's the goth father. Get it? <laughs> Ah. Nice, nice, ah, nice.
3: Ah, Thank you. H P is this this uh this of chicken and rice is for you.
2: Mm, oh, ooh, mm, tastes good. H.P. and his mother apparently used to have loud, heated verbal arguments with one another using Shakespearean quotes, according to one of the uh, uh, one of their neighbors. One of his mother's friends once said that his mother referred to him as "quote being so hideous that he hid from everyone and did did not like to walk upon the streets where people could gaze <laughs> on him." <laughs> like he was such an ugly motherfucker, and he didn't want to go outside. Yeah.
3: <laughs> fuck. It's like. Thou,
2: thou shalt not looketh at thy son in he is ugly. <laughs> mom! Mom! Get <laughs> thy ass in the kitchen and bake thyself a pie. Imagine yeah. being so ugly that not even your mom lies. Yeah, mom didn't didn't like him very much, but she seemed to I, I don't know, it was it's just a weird dynamic they have going on. So all this bullshit led him to start some of his original works back up. He also got super deep into organic chemistry but hated the mathematics portion of claiming that it was, you know, boring and gave him headaches so severe he would be out of commission for a day or so and which I feel you cuz fuck math you know what i mean math sucks his first piece yeah study, math is the worst yeah math is just fucking horrible riley's good at math and it's fucking pisses me off i hate math what you're good at math stop feeding your face it's good though <laughs> his first piece that he did not self-published as in he did not produce it himself he actually sent it to someone else that published it for him popped up in a local newspaper in 1912 called providence in 2000 ad it was a poem where uptight english nobles were replaced by immigrants which is kind of fucked up around this time his letters started to show up in fiction magazines and fred jackson a writer for argosi one of the aforementioned fiction mags got into some shit with hp through the letters, they would both just go at each other about just all their writing and all kinds of shit. And HP was even quoted as saying that Jackson's stories were, quote, trivial, effeminate, and in places coarse. And his characters were, quote, delicate passions and emotions proper to Negroes and anthropoid apes. Okay, now remember that quote for later. Cause, yeah, holy shit. Like, fuck. Anyway, this feud instigated other writers like John Russell, who hated HP's work, so he jumped in on the literary battle, and they too went back and forth. However, HP actually respected Russell as a writer, so it was more of an appreciation thing for him to respond, which turned out to be a good thing because the head editor of the United Amateur Press Association, Edward F. Dolls, noticed this shit and hired them both on. And boom! Guess what? HP's got himself a jobby job.
3: Hey, Riley, all you have to do is battle rap somebody and you'll get a good career. Really? Yeah, that's it. Why, why it. the hell am I going to college? I don't know. I asked myself that same thing. Like, <laughs> why is Riley going to college?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, why are you going to college? Just battle rap someone and become a huge... It worked for Eminem, right? Yeah. Eminem and HP Lovecraft. Look, they all have, like, like num- uh, not numbers. They have numbers. <laughs> what a, what
3: a Eminem, an Eminem and HP Lovecraft haven't come.
2: They both have letters as their names. H- they both
3: have terrible relationships with their mother.
2: True. And mom spaghetti. True. Ha ha ha. Spaghetti, spaghetti, <laughs> spaghetti. So, HP loved this shit and really sank his teeth into writing, but he was kind of a snob about it and hated the, quote, lowbrow-for-pay publications and only wanted to write for respectable journals and papers. So, probably not like High Times or Tiger Beat or anything like that. Moving on, HP... Tiger Beat? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, HP was... I didn't
3: catch that the first time we recorded it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, he probably wasn't into that. He was like, I'm not writing for Tiger beats. Hmm. <laughs> Fuck you and Madonna. Um, so HP was chosen to be the next chairman of the Department of Public Criticism of the UAPA in 1914. He used this position to push this, his crazy ass like instant... instant. He really, really loved the superiority of English language um, usage that most writers actually stopped using. So he was like so succumbed to that lifestyle and that uh, type of writing that he refused to do what other people were doing. So... What you uh,
3: he, said he, was, he said he was the head of the Department of Public Criticism.
2: He was the chairman of the Department of Public Criticism of the UAPA. So,
3: like, what, he was just the king of bitching about things?
2: Yes. No, he, he's the godfather of hipsters, too, <laughs> as
3: well. He yeah, was, he, just, he just cried about everything going on?
2: Right, he was just the king dick. That's it. He's like, what's your problem?
3: Awesome. I, w- I, want, I want that job. He's like, fuck yourself. He's like, thou shalt, thou shalt take it. the dog into the bar and order a pbr <laughs>
2: Do you like my mustache, yes? It twirls around my mouth. How
3: about my flannel?
2: (laughs) So, obviously, um, characteristic of the snooty-ass British ideologies he maintained throughout his life, he openly talked shit about other UAPA writers for their Americanisms and slang. These digs were often based on xenophobic and racist arguments crying over the bastardization of the, quote, national language by immigrants. Now, again hold on to that one as well until the end because this shit's getting fucking yeah in mid-1915 lovecraft was elected the first vice president of the uapa two year two years later he was elected president and brought on um other board members that mostly shared his view in the supremacy of classical english over modern american english you know when everyone's like throwing slang and shit in there and uh you know what else happened in that time the beginning of world war one Lovecraft published multiple bitch slaps to the face of the U.S. government, and their and American publics not wanting to join the war in order to protect England, which he highly regarded as America's homeland. He's like, if you're not going to help them, then fuck you. <laughs> you bastards. So yeah, he was totally like pro-England and fuck everyone that didn't help England. So yeah, that's... And he sounded like Stewie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mom. <laughs> mom, mom, Mum! mom, Mum! mom. <laughs> Mum! <Mom. laughs> In 1916, HP released *The Alchemist* through the uh, UAPA, and he began diving into more fictional stories like *The Tomb* and *Dagon*. Shortly following the *Alchemist* publication, *The Tomb*, he admitted Is not
3: that a Japanimation? What? Is it *The Alchemist* the Japanimation? Like, well, oh, that's *Full Metal Alchemist*. Never mind. Never mind. My bad. It was close. It was close, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least just the, a lot of people in the Jeff.
2: Shop. Jeff, listen. It it, it at least had that word in it, buddy. Good job. Hey, hey, I can only do so much for my refiner
3: guys.
2: (laughs) So the tomb he admits was written in the same style as one of his heroes, the one and only Edgar Allan Poe, who was also really fucked up. Where Dagon was the, uh, yeah, oh yeah, he was super fucked up. We'd totally have to do a train ride on Edgar Allan Poe because that dude's. Of course, his hero was Edgar Allan Poe. Dude, Poe was fucked up. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk Thing about that in a different... Emo
3: as hell.
2: I see he was what? He was
3: emo
2: as hell. Oh, yeah, dude. He was... Oh, God. So, um, we're... Um, but Edgar Allan Poe, where Dagon was the first piece that would be synonymous with his later writings, he actually referred to Poe as his, quote, god of fiction. In 1919, he published the short story Beyond the Wall of Sleep, which was turned into a 2006 movie of the same name and has 2.3 stars on IMDb. Yikes. And IMDb, you know, they, yeah, they love that movie. So if you get a chance, sure, check it out. Now remember, the story was written in 1919, and you know, so HP was way, way ahead of his time. You know what I mean? So if you guys go and watch those movies, remember, it was written like a hundred years ago. So the fact that this guy's writing like science fiction from 100, you know, 100 years ago, it's pretty badass. So in 1970, he's a time traveling reptilian. He is. He is. He's probably part of the Illuminati. In 1917, our boy HP enlisted in the Armony. Army. God damn it! I did it the same time last time I said army uh, too. I wish
3: I had. I wish I had the button. <laughs> English <laughs> motherfucker, do you speak it?
2: All right, I did it for yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.
3: You can press it. You know you can just press it. Right? Yeah, I it's
2: across the table, and I'm I feel like I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, lazy. I'm not
3: there to press the button. Right.
2: <laughs> so our boy. HP enlisted in the army and became the first pilot in history to shoot down 666 enemy planes in one day with only one engine and with one eye closed and a mouth full of bubble yum. Hot damn! And of course, that's all a fucking lie. He did, however, attempt to sign up for the army. And even though he passed the physical exam, he told his buddy that his mother, (laughs) <laughs> Quote, has threatened to go to any lengths legal or otherwise if I do not reveal all the ills which unfit me for the army. <laughs> you know, because mommy knows best and, you know, kind of a weird Norman Bates thing. So
3: oh, wait. Mom was trying to... Mom was just like, hey, make sure you tell him that you're crazy. And, that was was and ugly. Right. And, and, and ugly. ugly yeah.
2: And ugly, yeah. I don't think mom wanted him to go off to war, so, you know, mommy was like, you know, no, you're going to stay here and you're going to do my bidding, and if you don't tell them, I'll tell them for you. That was my um English mother voice. Was that okay? That's pretty good.
3: Thanks. Yeah, I gave it like a seven. <laughs> a seven. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Riley. hundred and one
3: point six seven percent. Thanks. Yeah, see. that's the uh, what is that? What
2: is that called? The uh, the adjusted score. Yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, what was that. Oh yeah, that uh, with Brad. We gotta get a hold of Brad and see if he ever figured that fucking thing out. <laughs> So, next on the list of shitty times at HP High, right around 1919, his mother Susan started showing signs of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Imagine that. Which back then probably meant she just had cramps. So, of course, she has cramps and she's bleeding. And you say, lock her up. Right, Jeff? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Jeff, the
2: Jeff actually made a really awesome joke the first time we recorded this. <laughs> I don't remember. It was the one about her period.
3: Yeah, it was burning oh, under. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm like so comfy. I might be dozing off a little bit. Let me sit up a yeah, little oh, Are I'm you, yeah, yeah. Are you falling asleep right now? Dude, this recliner is the bomb. I'm telling you right Dude, now. just got work in the morning. All
2: right. That's I'm so, good. I'm good. That's I'm so good. fucked I'm up. up. So anyway, she moved in with her sister, Lillian, before being committed to the same mental hospital Hospital. <laughs> her husband had been years prior. People around her claimed that she would become, quote, very excited and not know where she was. Perhaps she was just displaying signs of early-onset dementia or Alzheimer's, but they didn't know this back then. Well, she seems to be uh, forgetting where she is and, you know, all kinds of shit. You know, so just give her some arsenic and a bump of cocaine. If that doesn't work, it's it's a frontal lobotomy time for this crackerjack, you know what I mean? That's what the doctor said. He's oh, like, yeah. get a bitch. Hey, come here, honey. I'm going to shove this ice pick right in your fucking nostril. That's what they used to say back in the day. He had a cigarette in his hand. Every talking, time. Talking just like that. So, of course, this threw HP into his own depression where he had mentioned to folks that, quote, existence seems of little value. And that he wished, quote, it might terminate. He's such a depressing little bastard. He did. Yeah. yeah said <laughs> It's like, dude, come on. He did visit her often, walk uh, you know, walk around with her and send her letters, but after several conversations with her and uh, with her doctors, he realized she was never going to be released from the hospital. So, of course, he was, like, super bummed out about this. So after a bit of brooding alone time, HP finally started to hang out with friends, taking trips with them and meeting other writers and publishers that would have influenced his future work. He began writing again and released the stories, White Ship, The Doom That Came to Sarnath, and the statement of Randolph Carter, which sounds like a fucking lifetime miniseries, but whatever. Early 1920, he dropped Celeface Said, ah, fucking shit. Celeface. Was that is that right? Celleface. Celeface. Celeface. Celeface Thank you. And the cats of Ulthar. Pokerface. face. Your poker. Pop 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 poker. Fa- Shut up, Riley. And later in 1920, okay. H.P. began releasing the earliest stories that fit into the Cthulhu Mythos. And iron, I oh my god, <laughs> ironically, H.P. never referred to his intertwined world as that. He never called it the Cthulhu Mythos. He referred to it as the Arkham Cycle. The Cthulhu Mythos was termed, uh It was a term coined by August Derleth and describes his stories that share features in fictional locations and his famous group of godlike beings known as the Great Ones. Excuse me, the Great Old Ones, because there are the Great Ones, but don't confuse those with the Great Old Ones, including his most popular, Cthulhu, who is, quote, a massive hybrid of human, octopus, and dragon. He is usually depicted as being hundreds of meters tall, with webbed arms, tentacles, and a pair of rudimentary wings on his back. Have you ever seen Cthulhu? wait.
3: We, can we can we do that quote one more time? But can you do it in a pirate's voice? Like he's on a ship and it's storming and he's, he's telling oh, the crew. In a pirate's voice?
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You ready? Yeah. All right. Have you heard of the Cthulhu? <laughs> he is a massive hybrid of human, octopus, and dragon. He is usually depicted as being hundreds of meters tall with webbed arms, tentacles, and a pair of rudimentary wings on his back. Is that better? perfect. That was great. <laughs> in my yeah. version
3: of H.P. Lovecraft, that's how it happened.
2: It's gotta be <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so in late 1920, he collaborated with Winifred Virginia Jackson and published the poem, Oh My God. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna try and get this word right. Nyarlothotep. Yeah. Yeah. Niall That's good. That's good. And the short story uh, of the crawling chaos. In early 1921, he released the Nameless City, which would be. It's so bad when I see a word and it completely defeats me before I even try saying it. Like you just look at it and it's like, why, 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 why is that? <laughs> why does that word fucking exist? Like, come on, man. Like you're just fucking with people at this point. So, in right. early 1921, he released the Nameless City, which would be the first story that falls unquestionably within the Cthulhu mythos world. Quote, that is not dead which can eternal lie, and with strange eons even death may die. That is a passage from the story that is revered by many in the literary industry. You like that? Yes, I feel very snooty when I say that. (laughs) H.P. mother, well, H.P.'s mom passed away at the Butler Hospital in May of 1921 from complications of gallbladder surgery and sent him into yet another depressive state, claiming that he found no reason to keep living. But Thankfully, he did. Later this year, he met Sonia Green, whom he wound up getting hitched to in 1924. He
3: moved into her. What a play- lucky lady. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it, it, unfortunately, we lost the previous episode that we recorded for this because she's definitely a, a, a high nine or 10, at least on his scale, because that gentleman, yeah, he looks like he's the son of Mr. Ed. I'm just saying.
3: Nah, he, looks like, he looks like a villain from Dick Tracy, like
2: mel- multi-face. Yes, he, he definitely does. Yeah, he looks like... That means long face. <laughs> long face? <laughs> yeah. I
3: oh, don't know, it's long face. It's like a James Bond villain. Yeah. Gonna, Watch like, out. It
2: it's long face. You might trip over his chin. So. He'll get you with depression and black <laughs> and sadness.
3: Don't let him read you a story.
2: You'll need a plan. Yeah, 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 for sure. So uh, he meets Sonia Green, whom he wound up getting hitched to. He moved into her place in Brooklyn, New York, and she supported him because she actually came from money, like we mentioned earlier. And um, in order for him to continue to pursue his career as writer, she was like throwing money at him. Like, here, do your thing, which is awesome. She totally supported him. She is quoted as saying, he wasn't really that good in the sack, and I have to initiate everything. His mama fucked him up, son. Of course, I'm paraphrasing <laughs> that as well, but you understand what I'm saying. She did literally say that he was no good in bed. Or, or. Eh, That's how pillow talk. <laughs> yeah, at least some standard, you know what I mean? But, but, uh, I mean, if you know what we're dealing with with Faith fucking HP right here, yeah. So, in 1925, Sonya moved to Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. That's where we're from. Motherfucker! And HP moved into a tiny apartment in Red Hook right outside of Brooklyn, New York, which apparently he fucking hated. His joint had been broken in two and he was robbed, leaving him with only the clothes on his back. In August 1925, he wrote The Horror at Red Hook and He, in which the narrator says, My coming to New York had been a mistake, for whereas I had looked for poignant wonder and inspiration, I had found instead only a sense of horror and oppression which threatened to master, paralyze, and annihilate me. Wow, that's pretty deep. He yeah, absolutely hated that fucking place. But can you imagine being that guy where all this shit happens and like your fucking family's dying all around you and then you get fucking robbed from all your shit? That your wife's paying for? Which,
3: yeah. I, I think it's kinda of funny, to be honest, but that's just me. You know what? That's what happens when you uh when you blatantly tell God you just don't believe in them when you're five. He's like, <laughs> Alright, your rest's rest gonna be shit <laughs> You'll believe in me someday, bro. <laughs> you come up with the Cthulhu, and then you have to pay for
2: it. Yeah, I guess that's what yeah, right. happens. That's it. That's you create
3: it. gods and kill gods. And yeah. be happy.
2: <laughs> so, so it was around this time he wrote the outline for The Call of Cthulhu with its theme of the insignificance of all humanity. Um, yeah, apparently he just absolutely hated people. So shit then went south when uh, Sonya's business went under, and she got sick. And, uh, of course, HP couldn't really find a job because... All the motherfucker ever did was just write strange tales and shit, so he couldn't find a fucking job anywhere. After this bullshit, did this H-
3: have a single positive thing happen in his
2: life? Uh, no. not thus far, other than writing some really cool shit. That's pretty much it. Yeah, he has. He had the Midnight Train podcast review it. <laughs> this is very true.
3: Pretty positive.
2: It was only a hundred years after he died Boy. or was born, but yeah. So after all this bullshit, HP said, "Fuck this shit, I'm out," and returned to Providence. Sonia was still traveling for work, going back and forth from Cleveland to Cincinnati, and sent him small amounts of cash to keep him afloat. This is where he began writing some of his most notable work, like The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath, and The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, and At the Mountains of Madness. He also began ghostwriting for other people, writing stories like The Mound, Winged Death, and The Diary of Alonzo Typer. Weird side note. HP was actually friends with the uh one and only Harry Houdini, you know, the escape artist, Harry Houdini, and was commissioned to do some work with him, but uh Houdini ended up dying <laughs> before they could work together. <laughs> Just another <laughs> kick in the fucking balls, man. It's like, I'm working with Houdini. Oh, he died. You know, like No, you want to know, yeah. you want to
3: know Harry Houdini's best
2: trick. What's that?
3: Keeping friendship with that guy. <laughs> oh.
4: wow.
2: it's gonna, it's gonna...
3: And for my next trick, I'm going to disappear
2: yeah. <laughs> And he did, for sure, <laughs> forever <laughs> A few years after Lovecraft had moved to Providence He and his wife Sonia agreed to an amicable divo- amicable. Oh my god, I hate words
3: Amicable
2: Amicable, Am- amicable? I wish I had the butt. Fuck you <laughs> Amicable divorce <laughs> Due to their being apart for so long Green moved to California in 1933 and remarried in 1936. Unaware that HP never signed the divorce papers even though he told her he would, eh, it's kind of a dick move. Like she literally like they were still married up until like technically they were married until they both died. I mean, just saying.
3: He he wanted that money.
2: Yeah, I think he was just being a fucking a bitch about it, but whatever. I mean, Can you imagine having somebody where you're like it's amicable? But I'm not signing these fucking papers. <laughs> By the I'll
3: sign en- it after you die and I collect the life insurance. Right,
2: right. By the end of his life, HP couldn't even afford the basic necessities. He would even go without food just so he could have money to mail out his stories. In early 1937, he was diagnosed with cancer of the small intestine, and due to the disease, he suffered from malnutrition. He was in constant pain until his death on March 15, 1937 in Providence. He was buried with his parents, but diehard fans of his paid to have his headstone placed next to theirs in 1977, 40 years after his death. So if you go to that grave and you want to say something to old HP, you can keep on knocking, but nobody's home because he's actually not buried underneath the tombstone or headstone. Is it tombstone or headstone? That's so
3: so get this straight. So, so The guy had like the shittiest life ever, right? And then he dies. He's not even alive anymore and his fucking gravestone is moved <laughs> it's like this guy's like the lottery of shit luck
2: <laughs> well they, no they they built one specifically for him next to his parents you know they wanted him to have his own so it's not, like, it's not like they moved it they built one for him but they didn't move the grave so technically if you go there and you're like talking to you know HP's headstone he's not there
3: It's just, it's ultimate irony.
2: (laughs) So, H.P. Lovecraft influenced many writers that came after him, including Stephen King, Clive Barker, and Neil Gaiman. King himself called H.P. one of the biggest influences to him and the 20th century's greatest practitioner of the classic horror tale. However, in the end, it was his inability to adhere to the modern times and the way of writing, as well as his self-loathing and doubt that saw... H.P. Lovecraft die penniless and alone. He was a man who was seemingly from the future that just could not escape his own past. But now, before we go any further, we here at the Midnight Train want to warn you about this next part. So remember, this is research that has been found and well, um, to keep it plain, H.P. Lovecraft was a fucking racist asshole. All right, and I didn't know this until I was doing the research on this, and it's kind of fucked up. Um, his remarks do not reflect anyone on the show or their thoughts or feelings. Um, anyway, yeah, except turn, Riley, ex- <laughs> except except Riley, no, 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 not even Riley. Um, so okay. yeah, turns out the dude was a literary genius, but also a raging bigot. Uh, he has writing; he's written things like you know, the Jew who must be muzzled because he insidiously degrades and orientalizes robust Aryan civilizations. Yeah, that's something he said, which basically means that he doesn't like Jewish people because they... Anyway, and uh, this one's (laughs) just wonderful. And Hitler's vision is romantic and immature, he says. He stated after Hitler became Chancellor of Germany and, uh, quote, I know he's a clown, but God, I like the boy. Um, he even wrote a poem called... I'm so sorry about this. Um, on the creation of... the N-words. Inners, I, I don't even know how to say that without fucking wanting to cringe. And referred to the lynchings and abuse of black people, saying, quote, anything is better than the mongrelization which would mean the hopeless deterioration of a great nation, and that pain and disaster could come from the mingling of black and white. So, uh... All I got to say is, truthfully, H.P. Lovecraft, karma is a fucking bitch. So, your your shitty attitude, man, and and your uh, your racism, maybe there's a reason his life was so fucked up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So, remember that as you guys are talking about stuff. So, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 22 22... <laughs> I said two. Wow. Are you,
3: are you drinking Voodoo
2: over there? I, am, I yeah. am actually drinking it, and pretty much this bottle's gone. But 20 times distilled, oh, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth, and Voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors, or head over to Voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some Voodoo merchandise and use the code. Proto-co- Proto code fucking shit. Promo wow. code. Riley, I swear to God, I'm gonna punch you. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: The promo code <laughs> is I, I can't punch you right now. Hey, you'll be here you'll be back soon. But uh <laughs> seriously, use the Midnight Train Podcast as the uh it's it's just Midnight Train Podcast. It's a promo code to get ten percent off your entire order. And it's voodoo. That's V-O-U-D-O-U-X.com. Promo code Midnight Isn't Train there a big Podcast. News for them? Say what?
3: Isn't that big news to
2: them? I, we, yeah oh well, yeah we do have big news for them um um first and foremost it's magic but second of all they are now able to uh you can buy voodoo online so if you go to our website which is the midnighttrainpodcast.com and you go to sponsors click on that beautiful voodoo lo- uh, logo that's on there and guess what you'll be magically whisked away so you can actually order your own Bottle of vodka and have it sent directly to your home as long as your state allows it. Because you know, I don't see,
3: know. you don't even have to drive to get it. You could get fucked up at home, have it right to your doorstep. It's magic.
2: It is magic. It's magic that you can actually do that nowadays. Can you imagine? Like back in the day, man, I would really like a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in my back in my day, you couldn't do that, but it's pretty awesome. They are now available for distribution and uh, they can, uh, online, and you can actually pick it up online. So go on there, go to their website or go to our website.
3: That'd oh, <laughs> a dirty Manhattan, to my daughter. Today,
4: <laughs> <laughs> today.
2: So yeah, I, I think that's pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, if you go to our website, it actually and you use the uh, the promo code Midnight Dream Podcast, it shows them that you guys are listening to our podcast. And that you're supporting them through us. So it's kind of a cool deal. So if you guys can do that, get on there and do that. I'm not sure if the 10% off uh, works for the booze because it's liquor and, you know, how the states and liquor works, but I'm not sure. But um, listen, their merchandise is awesome as well. Um, If anything, go over to their uh, website, which is voodoo.com, V-O-U-D-O-U-X.com, and just tell them the Midnight Train sent you. You know what I mean? Just say hi. Tell them, say, hey, what's up? We heard you guys got good shit, you know? Right? Hello?
3: Wait, exactly, yep, we're here. (laughs) Riley, what's the score? The score of what? Call of Duty that you're playing right now. I'm not playing Call of Duty, I was cleaning my dishes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So normally we have a, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I might have it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think it's. Is it this one? You ready? You ready? You guys ready? Oh God! Here we go. Yep.
4: <laughs> it oh so bad. no. It because so bad. Jeff hates it all. He really don't care. You sing a sad song, but you're just unaware. You say you don't know. You say you won't cry. You think you're so smart, but you're living life. Yeah, I had a bad day. Jeff hates it all. You're driving your Tesla and you're drinking your white cloth. Jeff hates
2: it all. I say it. Jeff hates it all. So, Jeff, all right. so what, do today, you, what, do, what do you hate which today? is the
3: 13th? Well, I'll tell you what. So, today is the 13th of January. And the first time around we did this, I I hated something. But I'm going to save that for later day. because right now, you know what I hate? I hate technology, and I'll tell you why. Nothing is worse than spending, eh, what do you say, about maybe eight hours, seven, eight hours recording a drunken movie review with your friends, right? And then the next day, going and recording an hour and a half podcast, and there's so much great stuff, and then all of a sudden it just disappears. So, I hate technology.
2: I agree with you, brother, and that is why...
4: Because Jeff hates it all, he really don't <laughs> care You sing a sad song, but you're just unaware You say you don't know, you say you won't cry You think you're so smart, but you're living a lie You yeah, had a bad day, Jeff hates it all You're driving your Tesla and you're drinking your white cloth Jeff hates it all, I say Jeff hates it all
2: and that was Jeff Hates It All via the phone.
4: <laughs> See,
3: I know. I'll tell you what. Just, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. Well, we got to give it up for Isaiah because that is a hell of a uh, of a deep song.
2: Isaiah is awesome. We got to get him in, in here more often. But no,
3: over the phone, I know it's going to sound good for the list, but over the phone, it sounded so terribly like compressed. And, like, it was cut out every three seconds. Well, that's
2: because uh. you, that's because you guys are over the phone right now. On my end, on my end, it sounded like angels were singing. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, listen, closing thoughts on this. So, first and foremost, Jeff, what do you think? H.P. Lovecraft, what's up? Guy was a
3: total d bag. Like, that's just my opinion. I mean, I get the artsy fartsy behind it and like the creativity, yes. But man, what a dreary, just dark, gloomy life. And then he is an asshole on top of it, which is ironic. But I don't know. Not a fan. I'm not a fan.
2: I agree, Riley. What do you think?
3: Well, I think HP huge pussy to steal Jeff's jokes in the last episode. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah, that joke (laughs) didn't come out in this one.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's just if he lived today, he would just be in the room playing like you know. He'd be playing his guitar, listening to The Cure or Panic at the Disco, <laughs> crying himself to sleep every night.
2: Yeah, he seemed like a pretty, a pretty sad dude. Um, truthfully, my my you don't,
3: you don't think he would be sitting in the kitchen making chicken and rice? <laughs> no, only real Chads do that. Uh,
2: okay, what, what do the
3: uh, you wouldn't
2: get it. Oh. Well, then, why'd you say it?
3: It's an internet thing. Yeah, you're too old, John.
2: No. I'm sorry, you're I am old. old. You wouldn't
3: get it, old man. I
2: am old. All right, that's that's fine. That listen, I'll take that. I am old. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. whatever. I, truthfully, uh, my opinion on HP Lovecraft is that you uh, and we talked about this earlier on the other <laughs> episode that got lost, but you uh, you kind of have to separate what he did for the world with his writing and his his literature and whatnot versus his opinions on stuff because he was a racist asshole like period yeah like he was just a just he was he was shitty he had a shitty life and and unfortunately he had a shitty life but just because you had a shitty life doesn't mean you have to be a shitty person so um i think his writings really did help out a lot now we had a top 10 for this for movies and stuff guys but I felt that due to the fact that we're going over the phone and we already lost everything. Like, just remember, John Carpenter's The Thing is is that, that, that came from the writings of H.P. Lovecraft. So that's all I got to say about that. So, truthfully. That's
3: the only one you get to recognize, anyway.
2: Right, right. I mean, there's a bunch of other movies out there, too, that he was involved with where his writings were in, influenced or whatnot. But uh, the thing is amazing. 1980s Kurt Russell, amazing. Um, Now listen, if you're on our Facebook group, you may have seen this amazing American Werewolf in London mask. American Werewolf in London Nazi werewolf mask that we want in the train station. So if you're into it and you want to donate to help us grab this motherfucker, you can donate by going to PayPal and using the email... The Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com and we will personally thank you on the show for contributing to this fucking awesome cause because, to be honest, we just want that fucking mask. Randy Podmore makes the fucking coolest masks max god damn it, masks ever <laughs> and we want that motherfucker in the train station so if we can get you guys to all donate like ten bucks a piece, ten bucks that's it, that's, that's, that's like two Starbucks coffees or Five bucks, I don't care. A dollar, whatever you guys can do, whatever you're able to do, send it over to the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com on PayPal, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get that motherfucker. I mean, Jeff, right? I'll tell
3: you what. I'll tell you what. Here, here's the thing. We'll make it more enticing if we're able to, to make enough money from donations to get the mask. And we do get the mask. We will make Riley wear the mask for an entire episode.
2: I like that. I All think, right, I'll do that. I'll yeah. Do that. And Rally's down, right?
3: Sure. Do it. All
2: right, perfect. I love it. So if you guys can do that, jump on there. Go on to the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com or you can go into our Facebook group, which you guys should be on anyway. Uh, Randy Podmore makes amazing masks. You guys have got to check these things out. They're ridiculous. Like, so his name's Randy Podmore, P O D M O R E, I think. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, yeah. You guys should help us out and get this mask. Because if you listen to this podcast, we don't ask for much. Maybe some reviews. Maybe some love. Maybe some shares. Maybe some likes. Subscribes. You know, that's easy. That's easy stuff. So now if you can come in and donate to get this mask in here, I think that'd be amazing. If not, we just appreciate you guys listening. So we really do hope that you enjoyed your ride with us on this disgustingly racist and brilliant HP Lovecraft ride here and uh, don't forget to head over to the Midnight Train podcast and sign up for the Midnight Bonus Train to access all kinds of awesome tidbits like, you know (laughs) the lost fucking drunken episode that we're going to have to redo now which oh, so sad. I know uh, we have to get together with our friends and drink and watch a movie. Oh, uh, it's so sad. I feel so bad. About- <laughs> yeah. Darn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can also buy some super awesome merchandise that we put up. We got some, uh, choo, choo MF or stuff up there right now, as well as uh, Mothman motorcycle stuff. Um, get on there and check it out. It's pr- super cool. Again, sign up for the group on Facebook. We really do have so much fun on there. Moody, and Chainsaw, everybody is just a... They, they have such a blast on there. And uh, it's an awesome chance for us to talk to all of you guys outside of the podcast. And I'll uh, we'll make sure there's a link in the description. And listeners keep asking us how they can keep the steam in our engines. Well, the best thing you can do is like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. However, fucking Apple Podcasts. It's just do us a favor go on there give us five stars if you guys get a chance say something like you know i don't know jeff hayes everything (laughs) whatever it doesn't matter everything yeah it doesn't matter what it says you can say whatever you want um because word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes and we literally cannot thank you all enough for all the love and support we've received you guys are great and we love it it's so amazing we love seeing new people come in um, you guys really do keep the train moving. So thank you all so much for listening.
3: This, this is why we're doing what we're doing right now. I mean, it's because of you guys. Because all the love we get from you guys, the comments, and, and the feedback, and everything. That's why we were so bummed out tonight when we lost all, all the data. Like, it was all gone. And all three of us were just like, what the fuck what are we going to do? And we're like, you know what? Fuck it. We got to put something up. We want you guys to have something every Tuesday. So we're literally... Cities away from each other right now, recording this for you guys because we want you to have something every Tuesday.
2: Absolutely. Because honestly, and like truthfully, we, we do this for you guys. And um, yeah, we had we literally lost everything. And I was about ready to put my head through a fucking wall and just like, fuck it, let's do it over the phone. And that's what we did. So don't forget to send us your uh, Christmas cards because I don't care if it's fucking the middle of June. We still want those Christmas cards. We want to hang them up. Um, And the creepier the better. And if you happen to have some creepy shit laying around your house that you want to get rid of, whether it's a knick-knack that fell off one time or a a fucking hand of a... I don't know if you have severed hands laying around or whatever, but maybe you might. We don't want cats. Don't box up your cat and send us your cat. No yeah, cat. Yeah, no cats. I have two cats and I don't I want to box them up and send them to somebody else. <laughs> you'll
3: you'll end up in a
2: documentary. You don't wanna Oh care. yeah, that dude that documentary was <laughs> fucked up, by the way. That dude's a fucking like I heard about I actually listened to that story on uh, uh, Sword and Scale. That dude's a fucking nut job. Anyway, not to promote crazy shit. But anyway, if you have any of that stuff and you want to send it to us, especially your Christmas card, send it over to the Midnight Train Podcast, PO Box 38206, Olmsted Falls, Ohio, 44138. And listen, I want to thank you guys for listening. I know this is definitely a... <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a different uh, a different uh, episode, but uh, it was fun learning about H.P. Lovecraft and learning what, what a racist asshole he was, and I, I'm not a fan of that, but... I'm a fan of his work and uh, we did it over the phone, right Jeff?
3: We did and we will have Jason Hagar back on I promise you guys that we're looking forward to that he will return, Yeah, so no worries
2: Jason Hagar from Chimera and all those other fucking awesome bands he was in, we'll have him back in here, that was a good time, and he loved the Voodoo Vodka by the way, so Brad and Ken if you're listening, he did uh, he may have enjoyed it a little bit too much but <laughs> <laughs> as we all do, you know so, on, yeah. beh- on behalf of Jeff and Riley, uh, who are on the phone right now, and the entire Midnight Train crew, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And, as always, choo-choo, motherfuckers!
0: <laughs> Holy technology issues, Batman. Sorry there is no music in the boxcar this episode. Jonathan is a human EMP and probably fucked it all up without knowing. Until next time, keep it spooky.